You that never stopped you. You give gambling advice on this show all the time. <laughs> I do, and most of the time, it's um, if you do the opposite of what I'm suggesting, you win money. I'm here to help. Got to lose money to make money, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that goes. Yeah. So uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch beautiful goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 434, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we've got a stat of the week and we've got an undegoogleable. Uh, joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Special shout out to uh, Everett. Uh, I don't know, how, how was he related to me? Uh, Jay and Claire's kid uh, <laughs> has a birthday on Leap Day coming up this Saturday. Ooh, oh, so wow. shout out to him. Yeah, leap baby. Out. That's awesome. Definitely one. So this is a, a one-year-old. He's two. two year. He'll okay. Be two. Technically. <laughs> Congratulations on your second birthday. <laughs> From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? It is Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Before we get into the show, we'd just like to let you know that you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon, and any shopping you do kicks a small percentage back to us and helps support what we do. So this show, gentlemen, I want to start this off strong. With a stat of the week. Mm. I don't think we've ever done that, Joe. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm taking charge here. <laughs> Joey, stat of the week! So this is a lot of stats, so I want to leave some time to do this. Um, over at the uh, center of the basketball universe uh, stats is basketball reference. And one thing that they do is they do a playoff probabilities report. So basketball reference has... Uh, it's done 10,000 simulations for the rest of the season. And what they're looking at is the Pacers in uh, the sixth spot at 79.7% probability. So almost a lock. The second most likely destination would be 16.4% in the fifth spot. One one uh, slot up. Uh, but everything else is is very low. Uh, the, the two most likely teams that we would face in the third spot, if that were to happen, uh, would be the Boston Celtics at 53.8% or the Toronto Raptors at 32.8%. So almost certainly playing one of those two teams with the, the Boston Celtics, Celtics being more likely. A couple of other things, at least from the east uh, of note, uh, the Bucks are 99.9% likely to be number one in the east. And then uh, they're 54.4% to win the finals. Mm. The, uh, also, like I, we, we've mentioned that the, uh, the 7 and 8 spot, um, the Pacers really can't. It, it's going to be almost impossible for them to get there. Um, they're 1% chance to get 7th spot and 0% to get the 8th spot. So we're in the playoffs. Like that's, yeah, that's, yeah uh, the playoff happen. percentage is 100%. Uh, yeah, is what I'm looking at. Yeah. All those sims, apparently, which is yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. That is awesome. In no in no world uh, do uh, 
Do the Pacers not make, yeah, don't make you, the playoffs? Don't, don't go tempt in the multiverse, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think these two teams, I guess I want to start this discussion about we're almost certainly playing the, the Celtics or the Raptors. Um, what do you guys think? How do we, how we match up with both those teams? Which one would you prefer? Also, since we know what's going to happen, this is guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Nothing can go wrong. Um, do you change anything for the rest of the season? Um to prepare more for the playoffs, you know, at this point, we're going to get there. We're going to be in the playoffs. Um, do you limit Vic's minutes? Um, do you tinker with lineups? Uh, you know, all that good stuff. I mean, wh- what do you guys think, JT? Um, which one of these two would you rather see? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, all of the games against the Toronto Raptors have been highly entertaining, so that would be a fun series to to watch. For sure. That being said, many of the games that we played against them, they have not been at full strength. I mean, neither have we. In all fairness, we didn't have Vic Gold the Depot, but um, they're a a tough team for us to deal with. I think uh, the way that they play defense. I think that the the Celtics might be a little bit better matchup for us. I think we have more size uh, than they do. I think that um, we have people to defend uh, their better players and Walker, Kimball Walker, and uh, Jason Tatum. I think we can sort of put the handles on them. I think um, in either situation, we're losing the coaching matchup. I think both Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens are head and shoulders above of Nate in terms of strategic uh, planning. They're two of the best uh, coaches in the league by any metric. Sure. Yeah. I'm just just throwing things out there. I'm not throwing Nate under the bus. Yeah. There's only 29 (laughs) better coaches in the league. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey. Does that include Bickerstaff? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it would be nice to play Boston again, get some revenge for them sweeping us out of the playoffs last year, and, you know, it would give me uh, lots of fodder to talk trash to my in-laws, so Mm -hmm. that's always good. Uh, Yeah, so I think I'd take either of those. What's interesting to me about this simulation is that there is – they give you what the – most likely record is for the rest of the season, which for the Pacers is not good. 14 and 12. They have us going the rest of the stretch. Um, and then they give the best possible outcome and the worst possible outcome. The worst possible outcome, there's one scenario, or how many, who knows how many scenarios, in which the Pacers end up 38 and 44, which would be just <laughs> horrible down yeah. the stretch. But somehow we still make the playoffs under that scenario. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we have 33 wins right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only win five more. Rest of the way. Uh, what's our best case scenario? 56 wins Oof. is our best case scenario. Boy. Let's do that. That's the one that gets us into the four seed. Let's do a, that. Or the three seed. The three seed, mm-hmm. yeah. We have a 0.2% chance of getting into the three seed. <laughs> and winning the finals. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, if we get the three seed, we also win the finals. That's what I'm drawing <laughs> from this data. <laughs> let's, just, let's just do that, then. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. No, but I, I, I do I, – I, what you're suggesting, Joey, is that if we're essentially locked in at the sixth seed, um, we're not going to fall and we're not going to rise. Let's just do what we can to get our team – better so that maybe we can have a an upset like let's get healthy let's try some new defensive schemes let's try let's let's get experimental um let's make sure you know Vic is a thousand percent like I mean is your suggestion let's lose some games that you know let's not fight for for every win because we're kind of locked in yeah I mean you know, now you've got the freedom to do things like go through your hippie phase or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's not going to hurt you as much down the line. Go backpack uh, around Europe. What <laughs> <laughs> yes. the march? Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, you know, and I think this meets the eye test too. Like, like we said, we seem like we're at a six seed the entire season. Um, and particularly, you know, the thing that really seals that for us is um, below us are the Nets and the Magic, where they're A, both bad, and B, Brooklyn just lost Kyrie for the rest of the season, too, which we, we uh, have not mentioned yet. Um, he's had a, a season-ending shoulder injury, so um, 
they're not going to get any better. Actually, I think that makes them better. They, they're better that without Kyrie. Actually might. It actually might. But uh, we, we've got a lot of spacing below us, so it's Correct. it's not like we, we can't really fall. Um, so, you know, I think that the focus should be on on the playoffs, just getting better. And you need to hit the your your the best ball. You be playing the best ball of the year. Um, starting day one of the playoffs, or maybe a couple, you know, at the end of the season at least, um, because before then, you know, it doesn't matter too much. You know, we are where we are. Nothing. There's nothing to gain by getting, you know, having a better record. We can't really lose much. Uh, so, you know, I think it's it's just getting the the best team that you can out there at that time of the season, and, and that should be the goal. We lose a bunch of games in between. Uh, you know, working that stuff out. It doesn't really matter. So, Colson, we talked a little bit last week about um, trying out a bunch of new defensive stuff and how we were dropping games, and you seemed decidedly unhappy about this. I was, because I think all of these things <laughs> change. If we had, I mean, if we'd gone three and three in, in that six game losing streak, um, we're right in the mix, probably on these uh, predictions to, to still get a home court advantage. I don't think that six-game stretch makes that big of a difference. We can probably I go back and look at the numbers, but the reality is that the team that we have to pass up is the Philadelphia 76ers, who have the weakest strength of schedule in the league for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we wouldn't have caught them, but I feel like maybe we could have caught uh, Miami. I'm not convinced that uh, they're better uh, after the, the uh, trade deadline with uh, Iguodala. I don't think he's going to necessarily help them win more games in the in the, the regular season. Maybe he comes out and puts some, some veteran uh, minutes for them in the playoffs, but I'm not sure that that really um, changes their trajectory. I, I feel like we could have caught them maybe. Miami's 4-6 and six in their last 10. We haven't really lost much. Yeah. But if we had gained it, that's my only point, right? Like, I, I just think uh, you're right. I mean, in the sense that um, – us losing all those games just kept us in the sixth seed, and if we had won even half of those games, I think we could be a little bit more excited about our trajectory. Uh, at this point. Uh, my, my point is that the math is basically the same. Okay. Alright. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know what it... We'd have to go back and look specifically, but I kind of agree that it's probably... It's not going to shift so dramatically that our odds would be higher to make the fifth seed than they would be the sixth seed. You know what I mean? Like, maybe we... Before that six-game slide, we had a only seventy percent chance at the six seed, and a whatever it is, thirty-five percent chance or something at the five seed. But um, to I get mean, back to you, Joey's question, okay, I'm just sorry, real quickly. Like, if you have three sure. more uh, wins, you're tied in fourth with the Miami Heat right now, today. Right, so. but the, these are projections into that they have us doing poorly in the future. Right, I understand, but I, I just I wonder if those three games would change any of those outcomes. I mean, the Heat are predicted to go sixteen and ten the rest of the way, and we're predicted to go fourteen and twelve. Right, so basically, there's only a one game swing between us and them in the last ten games. Right, so yeah. but at, at any rate, we're arguing about the margins here. <laughs> right, 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 right. And to get back to Joey's point, I think that you know uh, you're right in one sense that you know. I think I said this last week. Playoff standings watching and worrying about that is not something that this Pacers team needs to be preoccupied about right now. Um, and getting better every day is the thing that they do need to be worried about, right? And trying to play their best basketball in, in April, right? Um, that being said, I think that part of playing your best basketball is learning how to win games with this crew. So I don't think that I would be happy... I'm not going to be a happy camper if we go 500 over the the last stretch. Because to me, at the end of the day, the readout of whether or not you're playing good basketball or not is, are you winning basketball games? And, you know, we want, we uh, as fans and the, the franchise as an institution has long uh, cherished having a winning culture. And that means winning basketball games at mm -hmm. the end of the day. So I would like to see us, you know, winning basketball games for the sake of winning basketball games, not for the sake of whether or not it gets us up into the top five or four. If it does, fantastic. But I'm not going to panic if it doesn't, because as long as we're winning basketball games and have a good groove going into the 
the playoffs, I feel like we could take on, you know, uh, Boston or Toronto or Miami or Philly, whoever ends up in that third seed or whatever. I think we can go toe to toe with them. I mean, all we got to do is beat them once on their floor. Right. right. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, we got 26 games left. And, you know, all the experimentation, all the other stuff that we've been rolling out, like, that's great. But, like, the hippie phase basically has to end with 20 games to go, right? And you got to consolidate what you can. Yeah, how hippie do you want to go? Like, you want to yeah. you, you want to bring TJ Leaf back in the lineup, see what happens? No. Like, you know. Put away your bong, pack up your backpack, <laughs> and get back to work. <laughs> I mean, just, just, just start from scratch. Let's just try all the things. I don't know. I mean, um, I, I feel like that's what we were doing going into the All-Star break. What you get? Yeah. It's fine. Like... I, you know, hopefully we gained some knowledge about different ways to play defense, right? That we can integrate uh, with success, you know, over the rest of the season as needed, right? Um, that said, we are who we are, right? And we need to go back and, you know, be the best version of who we are. And, you know, it's going to take us 20 games to get us from, from here to there as far as I'm concerned, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, these predictions don't um, take into account, I don't think, the, you know, injury to Ben Simmons that we know of. You know, we don't have a lot of information about that now, but maybe he's out for an extended amount of time, um, which probably changes what these projections are. I have no idea how the simulations work. Like, is this they just take out NBA 2K and, like, run yes. the rest of the season? Play, like play 10,000 games with each team, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Things happen, right? So who, who knows? Injuries happen. Uh, you know, many, many, many things. There are many variables. That's why we play the games. That's why we don't play in computer simulations, right? Or at least that's what the powers that be would have us believe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all know that this is a computer simulation. Right, right, right. And right. within it, we're doing computer simulations. So, but, you know, beyond that fact, in is our current computer blue, simulation, many They still play the games. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I can't wait for the day when, uh, you know, the NBA season starts and we just, uh, we all get to look at a computer printout and see who won the finals. It's going to be great. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> They don't even play the games anymore. Just hand out a trophy. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Well, I guess, yeah, Jason, I, I like your point there where, um, you know, part of playing your best basketball is winning winning games. You know, part of, you know, if, if you are, you know, 500 going into the playoffs, maybe you, you've got some intangibles like confidence. You know, you're not, you know, you don't feel good about, you know, uh, at the end of the games and, and things like that. So. Um, but I think, but I do think that there's there is there is space for experimentation, um, particularly against you know against teams um, that we may play against or you know teams that aren't great. Um, you know I think there's there's more freedom than I think we we normally have this time of season um, to, mm-hmm. to try new stuff. Yeah, and what's what's interesting is so the Eastern Conference is pretty much well shook out basically if you believe these simulation summer it's like for every playoff position there's a team that has a greater than 55 percent chance to end up in that position right whereas if you look over in the western conference it's much more fluid right there's uh a lot of flexibility between the number two and you know all the way down to the number five position you could argue maybe even down to the sixth or seventh and then even there's going to be a, a race for the eighth seed which could be pretty interesting um uh you know memphis and new orleans seem like the teams that have the best odds but you know you have portland lurking and the spurs who haven't missed the playoffs in 22 years um outside looking know, in it, yeah they're yeah. they are on the outside looking in but you never want to doubt the heart of a champion right so i think that's going to be really fun to watch here in the next couple months depends on how many tattoos are on that art it's <laughs> true that <laughs> is true Who and I think what's cool is either one of those teams any of those teams that get the 8th seed I think it's going to be a really oh, yeah. interesting matchup for the Lakers in the first round right for sure um, I, I, 
I would love either the Grizzlies or the Pelicans to get there. I mean, just to, I mean, you know, I know that we um, have fans that are Trailblazers fans on this show, even. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, a host. <laughs> and a host, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm internally I'm rooting for that. I'd, I'd love to see them, uh, but I don't know. Uh, and, you know, and, and you do feel like Lillard might be able to, uh, you know, just do something phenomenal, score 70 points a game, and maybe somehow upset the Lakers. <laughs> already, but, already doing um, I really like yeah. the idea of either, uh, you know, the, the two rookies of the year right now. I mean, John Morant's probably going to win rookie of the year uh, for the Grizzlies. And then um, the Pelicans um, with Zion um, are just incredibly intriguing uh, matchups, just young teams that run all over the place. And, you know, sort of that kind of, Get your first playoff experience against LeBron is kind of a cool thing. Passing of the torch idea. So, for one of those, well, and if it's the Pelicans, it's AD has to go back to New Orleans. Yeah, and face mm. a super hostile crowd. Yeah. Although I guess it's New Orleans, and it'll be <laughs> April, so they'll be they'll be drunk, quasi interesting, yeah, be drunk. <laughs> drunk and belligerent. <laughs> That's right. Maybe not okay. that hostile, but uh, they'll definitely no, be drunk. No, yeah. I would. I, this this is a really good argument for a play-in in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, That's what I really want to see: is Chris Pelicans in a play-in. Yeah, yeah. That's a good I did want to. So in the East, um, I just want to run down top to bottom. Um, the Bucks won. So the uh, Bucks won. <laughs> yes. um, I guess we didn't need to look at anything for that. Um, and the, the most likely after that, uh, it's the Raptors second, uh, Boston in third. Uh, Miami in fourth, uh, 76ers fifth, Pacers, Nets, and Magic. So basically what it is now, it's, it's why did they pay right somebody like millions of dollars to do 10,000? Uh, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you pay a, a, a computer guy? Do you pay him millions of dollars to do the 10,000? Joey, hopes well, so. Yeah, I hope so. I hope this guy made millions of dollars. For, yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically you could just be like, hey, what it looks like now is what it's going to end up like. Cool. I did a bunch of math. I feel like uh, I feel like what actually happens and what you think happens. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could have told you that. You didn't have to pay me the money. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, and and you're I, also, oh, is the you, same thing in the West? Did they just copy and paste? Is that, is that what's going on? Or uh, basically, and you, yeah, and also you you mentioned before you are a lock to win any eating contest, right? Was it any eating contest? Or no, just, no, just just the uh, shrimp cocktail. Just the just shrimp cocktail. Okay, yeah, I'm happy to do that anytime. You guys want to buy me a bunch of uh, Saint Elmo's shrimp? Uh, I will. I will destroy the kids I watched at the Pacer game. Okay, let this shit um, talk start now. In the West, uh, Lakers number one. Uh, Clippers two and three. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Helpful. But I guess the Nuggets would be right behind them. Uh, and then the Rockets in four. These are like the most likely per category. Utah Jazz, uh, Mavericks, and then the no, uh, Thunder and Grizz. Yeah, but just it, um, so it's, it's a little bit different than the current stance, yeah. yeah, but but that's much. where the millions of dollars go <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for those two adjustments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of flexibility out west. Um, yeah, Clippers, Clippers are good, and then because uh, Hawaii yeah, there's, does all that yoga. Uh, it's a bad joke. It's a flexibility joke. I don't know. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't preface it with the fact that it was a joke. So I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you got good teams like the Utah Jazz are in, are in fifth spot, um, which I feel like that. If you go Rockets, Jazz, I'd, I'd watch that. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's out of, of uh, contention. They've been out of contention. Their uh, coach has resigned. <laughs> Their coach resigned. Yeah, this is insane. This is an insane <laughs> of story season. to me. Yeah, <laughs> walked away from tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, like could have waited a week and gotten fired and kept all the money, <laughs> but decided to walk away. Like how bad? How toxic is that work situation? Is Andre Drummond like that much of an asshole that he like didn't even want to coach him? 
Oh, no, Andre Drummond went in and immediately was like, uh, the Pistons are a terrible organization, but this is worse. Like, it was, it, that's what he said. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was the quote I saw? Their, uh, their team culture right now is somewhere between dysfunctional and disastrous. Mm. They got to get, uh, Colin Sexton's got to get out of there. Uh, is because he's the problem? Or are you trying no, to save no, no. him? No, to save his career. Mm. Yeah, Cleveland's he's, not into saving people's careers right now. <laughs> no, he's good. I mean, look, the way I, you know, the way I saw LeBron going back there was like, look, he loves his hometown, but he's only he's only human, you know. Uh-huh. So he got his ring and he got the got the fo. Yep. Uh, so is uh, Bernie Bickerstaff gonna write the ship? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Cavs are currently 15 and 41. Um, you'll be, I'm sure, just shocked to learn that their worst simulation, 15 and 67. Oh, wow. <laughs> no more wins for the year. Wow. <laughs> that is within the realm of possibility. It's <laughs> non zero. It is non zero. Uh, also, we did not mention uh, for the Clippers, uh, Reggie Jackson got a buyout and he is now uh, with them. Joey, does this uh, does this help them? I don't. I'm not a I'm not a Reggie Jackson fan myself. Mm. Um, he's done. Like he's baseball. done everything he can to be bad for Detroit. So I just I don't know how much this helps them. Maybe this is a, a, a offense by defense. Like they they're preventing him from going to the Lakers, where he could have been useful. Again. Is he good oh, on the sure. Lakers though? Like he's just not the that Lakers good. Lakers ball handlers. Mm. I mean. Yeah, they uh, they have access to a ball handler if they so choose. In one Lance Stevenson. <laughs> hey, LeBron's got a relationship with him. They, they've done this before. They can do this again. They're intimate. They blow uh, blow in each other's ears, <laughs> or at least at least Plays one way. One. Blows yeah. into one of the guys' ears. <laughs> so, this is a, yeah. That, what a stat of the week. <laughs> 30 minutes out of the week my right this is my new favorite I think it's, yeah so okay yeah, basketball reference is, is uh, they're doing good work over there yes, so are. there's in, in 10,000 scenarios there's no way that the Pacers go undefeated so I need to get over that idea is that what you're saying technically 1500 for the win loss okay we can't. We we have to, we have to lose. We have to lose three games, even in the best case scenario, for the rest of the way. Yep. No way around it. I still would take fifty six. That'd be nice. I mean, yeah. A generous. We have to play the Cavs twice, so to, you know. That's so at take least those. So it's so. So I did. I did when I uh, we, we we talked about this last week. I said that there was a version that I had looked at that I, I could envision as going twenty and seven. So at this point, it would now be twenty and six. Um, so you could even take those two Cavs losses along with the ten thousand simulations, and we still have a, a game to mess around with. We could do this. Yep. But at this point, it would be nineteen and seven, mm-hmm. right? You just checked off one of the the wins. wins. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, let's go 19 and six then. Let's do that. I'm bad at math. Yeah. And then just just walk away from game 82. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping the mic. Just drop the mic. And walk away. <laughs> just up. drop the call. We've math. We've bitches. done what we need to do. <laughs> We're firmly in the sixteen. You're aware of our work. <laughs> <laughs> My team is on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and that's nobody. That's nobody. We brought nobody to the arena tonight. Yep. We're ready for that Boston matchup. Um, I, 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 my main concern about the Boston matchup is, is, is coaching. Um, I, they, have a, they have a lot of offensive and defensive weapons just like we do. They're just a very deep team. So it could be interesting, as you mentioned earlier, Jason, like the matchups could be uh, will be the key to the whole thing, but like you know, can can T.J. Warren slow down? You know, Jason Tatum. You know, what does a, a Vic look like can on Jason a Jason Tatum slow down T.J. Warren? You know, well, no, he yeah. can't. 
Nobody well, can slow down T.J. Warren. I, I am concerned about that perimeter defense they have between Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. They sure can mm-hmm. body up. Yeah. True. Yeah. Kimball Walker's no joke either. He's tiny, but... You're going to stick him on Vic probably, right? Yep. Stick him on Vic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good team. We're going to need 60 in the paint a game from Demonis. Yeah, who stopped From Demonis by himself. Yeah, yep. Okay. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break, and we'll get to some undegooglables after we come back. Um, Do you have to go to the remember- bathroom, Joe? Uh, As we speak, I am fine. Um, You guys remember, uh, you know, longevity. Um, There was a series uh, they were doing uh, called Beats and Breakfast. It's going on a couple years ago, but they, you know, every Sunday they would uh, he would meet up with uh, some other musicians. They would make a track. So this is one of those. um, You guys remember may remember Rusty Redbacher from the Mud Kids. Uh, he's been in the hip hop scene in Indy forever. Um, this track is called FTDS. It's F the dumb shit is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, check out. You can see a track. Uh, you can see the the making of the track on YouTube, and uh, you can of course buy it wherever um, music is sold these days. Check it out. Link is in the show notes. Shout out. Show new. Doodles in the toilet, swirl it when you flush. More motion than you're used to. You teddy bears are plush, but don't move much. Don't use my clipboard as a crutch. Still a playbook and such. Box out. Catch it with your hands. I'm allergic to your seafood flow, so why I'm stuck in these clams? Better to steam crabs, behead the prawns. Set out a gift basket, leave it on your front lawn. And need a Benadryl, but a Benadryl. Toolkit certified, big and silent hill. Last breath you take, then you'll wake. That's not fake. Don't speak like you listen to Gwen Tape. Time to mind your steps, so get swept under the rug. With all that dead skin and head plugs coming back for favors. You can grovel and beg, have your hopes and dreams shattered like Silver's leg. And I'm gonna live my life, cause this my shit and what I do. Come on. We are back from the break. Colson, it is time for some undegoogables. What you got for us this week? How can we help you? Oh, are we doing undegoogables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, You told us we had to, sir. (laughs) You said we we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. So uh, this is another one that I had from uh, the summer, uh, and I've just held on to without Googling. Um, This might be a math question or get us back into, uh, you know, evolutionary stuff. Um, But basically there used to be a, uh, for about a week, there was a praying mantis that lived on my screen and just kind of wandered around the screen and I guess was eating stuff. You know, and you every every night you go out and just a little bit further down the screen or whatever. They're not real fast moving, um, and apparently we had some sort of level of food for him or her there. But it got me thinking. Um, so the thing with praying mantises, right, is that uh, during sex the female bites the male's head off. Is that correct? I think after, like after. Okay, sure. Like at the end of the process. Okay, sure. Um, okay, well, when I was thinking about that uh, as far as efficiency, I was thinking about how like in a lot of other, um, you know, animals, so, you know, like sort of uh, bulls and cows or whatever, or whatever, like you basically have the, the male is just going to go around and just impregnate as many things as possible to kind of keep the species alive, right? Whereas the, the male kind of has one chance, Right, so I was mm-hmm. wondering uh, what the birthing patterns were for uh, praying mantises. Whether they have like a huge litter, 
whether there are more males produced than females, whether it's all sort of randomized, or how does this make sense numbers-wise and evolutionarily-wise? That was my question. Okay, that's a good question. Uh, I, yeah, know I, don't no- know. I know nothing about praying mantises, so... Yeah, I don't know any, like, I guess I don't know any other species that do that, th- that I can think of. Um, you know, that the, you, you murder your partner at the end of uh yeah because basically that you're you're just you've only got one shot essentially right so like this is you're not going to go around and and have sex with lots of other right i mean it seems like an extreme choice or extreme example of sexual selection Mm -hmm. by females which is not uncommon in the very animal kingdom very matriarchal society praying mantises okay Sure, yeah, right. without a doubt. Well, and many other species, right, is, you know, like a bunch of different bird species, like the males have these crazy plumages and all that stuff because females are selecting to have sex with them, right? And so... Or not. Yeah, or, or not, not right. right. They have the choice. Losers. <laughs> and in this case, the, the adva- I, I suppose the competitive advantage, right, from the female's perspective is if she finds a good male that has the right characteristics, then she wants her offspring and only her offspring to inherit that um, good genetics, mm. right? The the other part of that is that in a low population density species, um, like you said, they're not fast movers, right? They are direct competition with each other for food on some level, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now whatever he might've eaten can go to the baby. The baby mantis. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and are they just having, I mean, they've got to be having more than one. Otherwise, I feel like this, but this, the whole population just falls apart, right? Like, that you can't, numbers game, right? Like, yeah. Well, I'm assuming that mantises are like many other insects that they lay eggs and then they lay like a, a lot, bunch a lot of, of eggs. <laughs> like a bunch of eggs? Okay. Like yeah. hundreds or thousands more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then as far as, um, sort of the the distribution of sexual uh or gender i guess not gender that's not the right sexes amongst Sex, the yeah. uh uh progeny i sp- yeah may, does it make sense for it to be skewed towards males mm-hmm. in that context i would think so yeah yes, you need more but because otherwise I mean, sort of you sort of the way i was thinking about it is sort of like a, a a queen bee right or something like that like um the more people that you have able to impregnate you, the better for that society, right? If you're, if, if the males that only get one shot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I suspect that in this sort of scenario, like I, I've definitely heard this. I don't know that it's actually true, right? That oh, the the, the biting of the head thing. Yeah, I don't actually. But moving from that assumption, I mean, you would assume in order for the species to maximize then you have to have insemination rates approaching 100 percent, right like you just have to have a really high success rate yeah like right. what if it was timing was bad and all of a sudden you're like well that guy's dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah just move on to the next guy um that guy was great now he's dead <laughs> well, yeah 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 <laughs> i waited so long to find the right guy yeah yeah I'm assuming um, that the if the females are having this much uh, influence over mate choice and uh, selection, that they would only choose to mate when they were, you know, mm-hmm. right. ready to right. have offspring. Right. Sure. Um, this Lots does of when they were in biology good. sort of mature that that's how right. they do it. Yeah. Uh, like a good point in their life when they're like financially stable. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've right. they've gone through their hippie phase. If yeah. you will. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be bringing that baby brain in a backpack, you know, around <laughs> Europe. <laughs> this also reminds me of one of my favorite memes. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's uh, there's a praying mantis with a with a beer, and uh, he goes, uh, "Might as well have another. My wife's gonna bite my head off anyway." <laughs> nice, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Love those uh, praying mantis memes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just. All we get on Slack these days. <laughs> uh, so, do, have we have we decided enough that we, we think that maybe the the 
the litter is is very large with lots of eggs, and it might skew towards male. That's my that's that makes sense to me. I that's mean, what I would think, and I yeah. also think that I agree with Harper that the the idea that mantises always kill their mates is over stated okay so it's not just every time so it's like maybe right like i definitely don't want this guy impregnating anybody else it doesn't happen every time would you agree that there's at least an attempted murder (laughs) (laughs) because maybe he's hip to what's going on yeah and he's He's just well, I mean, the French anyway. do call the, uh, the, the male orgasm the le petit mort, right? So it's a little, every, you know, it's a little death. <laughs> every time. What, yeah, I mean, maybe he's like, oh, you know what? Uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. He don't come back. <laughs> sure. I mean, but, but I mean, I guess this goes to, like, did your dad ever have a chance to tell you uh, that this was an issue? Like, maybe you just don't know. Mm. Like, you're just walking into a trap every time. Right, right. Because right. you didn't have a dad to, to tell you that mm. you're going to get eaten. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, mm. nobody's warning you about this stuff. And it sounds yeah. like the, the, the lack of father figures in the praying mantis community is really it's, an undertold story. story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and also I think uh, probably some issue with their uh, judicial system. Like all these attempted murders and murders going, you know, unpunished. Unpunished. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who do you think sitting on the bench there? It's not. Yeah. Uh, it's yep, not the yep, male mantises. Not. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's see. The cannibalism of the praying mantises, however, is mostly observed in mantises that are held in captivity. Mm. The females initially mm. bite off the heads of their male partners before they actually start the process of mating. Oh, my <laughs> I was I was hoping that that was not the you case. You are not correct. Praying mantises are real weird. <laughs> It's <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, you're going to come anyway. This is just... <laughs> it is still... These are repeated felons. Yeah, These are exactly. sexual predators. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm reading that in praying mantises, around 25% of all sexual encounters result in the death of the male. 70%. Okay. It is... 25%. Oh, 25. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not that bad. <laughs> The female typically begins by biting off their partner's head. (laughs) Which apparently increases the vigorous sexual movement when their heads have been bitten off. Okay. Okay. I feel like some counseling might be able to fix this. Uh, I like it better without your head on. (laughs) Sorry. It's like, well, let's talk about this. Uh, National Geographic is saying maybe if the female is starving or if the male irritates her she may engage in that behavior but they don't always do it so bring some food and you know don't be annoying yep in the wild the mating and reproduction of mantises begins with courtship wherein the male dances in front of the female and those uh, cannibalistic females are much more productive they produce about 88 eggs whereas those who didn't eat their partners produced about 37 Whoa. in this one study. Yeah. Oh my. In some cases, male prey mantises actually comprise a significant portion, if not a majority, of a female's diet during breeding season. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> mm. These insects may eat other animals as well, including birds. Mm. Praying mantises are eating birds? Apparently, yes, on every continent except Antarctica. And, oh, yeah, they do. Oh, there's some pictures that I <laughs> can't unsee <laughs> now. <laughs> but apparently they eat their prey head first. Mm-hmm. Are the males smaller than the females? Yes. Substantially. They're, 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 they're snack size. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's... Uh, it, uh, there's there's one school of thought that it's strictly driven by hunger. Uh, one study showed that well-nourished female mantises refrained from cannibalism while those deprived of food ate any male in sight. Whether or not mating was involved. I liked it. They're like, they said that she refrained from doing this. It's like it was a bad habit. Yeah. Oh, would you, would you mind refraining from doing that? Eating. Yeah, so there's, yeah. I mean, uh, the males have an evolutionary benefit because they pass genes on, I guess. 
<laughs> for example, the sex act may be protracted when the female gets caught up in chewing her partner, which could increase the odds that he will fertilize her eggs. Hmm. <laughs> this this has led to some very funny phraseology. This uh, mm-hmm. postcoital chomping cases. Those are not words <laughs> that I thought I was going to. Do we have like Reed. we've probably got about twenty or thirty uh, different uh, show titles we could? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, so it looks like an egg case will hatch between a hundred and two hundred tiny mantises. Okay. Uh, but it looks like only about a third of them will reach maturity. Is that is that mean that? Because they're being eaten, or no? Probably maturity mm-hmm. means sexually uh, maturity, right? I mean, they're dying. Yeah. Uh, Insects before don't they before they can procreate. Yeah. 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 Insects don't have a super high survival rate. I don't think it's a, right. it's a numbers game. It's just yeah, strength in numbers. So sexual cannibalism is also common in many families of spiders and scorpions. And has important effects on population size, sex ratio, and even persistence. Well, I'm not looking up that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could go back. <laughs> Looks like a uh, life cycle of praying mantis is about six months to a year. Wow, seems slow for an insect. Mm-hmm. There, did we? Uh, did we answer all your questions? Yeah, no, I, that was amazing. Nice work, team. Yeah, we didn't do too bad for something we knew nothing about. Nothing about. <laughs> I figured that wild you know, maybe speculation. <laughs> yeah, and there—that is interesting. I think that the, the like uh, more genetic material is passed if they're eaten. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. I don't know why that would be, but uh, I think it's outside of the scope of this. But uh, for further reading, check your local Google. <laughs> So are you uh, promoting sexual cannibalism? Is that what you're promoting? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Well, for our, our praying mantis listeners, uh, you, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> but for our male praying mantis listeners, well, you've been warned. Run. Yeah, run. Yeah. Run. Get the heck out of here. Unless you're looking, if you want to pass, when you want to pass on your your genetic material, when your so, when your mom tells you that uh, dad left for cigarettes and never came back, she's lying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ain't gonna smoke with no head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are a lot of uh, title options, but that's pretty good. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> well, we learned a lot today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one, Colson. I like that one a lot. Yeah, well, I think we've learned what we're going to learn today. It was fantastic, Colson. Uh, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you're still learning things in life at your advanced age. Um, uh, no, good. Uh, it's a good question. That's why I come to you guys. Mm-hmm. That's why I have smart friends. So how long have you you been sitting on this one? So uh, since the summer, honestly, like I, okay. I kept like I would just sit there and watch the thing and have so many questions. I'm like, I will not Google this. I will not Google it. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did we did well there. Yep. Um, again, we 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 kind of nailed it. I think that's how we always do. We kind of nail it. Well, kind of nail it. Also, just sidebar: Have you guys um, you guys seen the show? Nailed it. Um, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think yeah, Jason. I think you were, you were telling me about this. It is. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty. It's like fun. a they bring in these people that think they're uh, good bakers, and they have them <laughs> try to bake something like very elaborate and decorated, like in all these uh, you know interesting ways, and they try to make it in a certain amount of time, and they just fail horribly. <laughs> But they all they when they present their thing, they have to like uncover it and go nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on uh, it's on Netflix, but yeah, that sounds, uh, yeah, sounds worth a good I, laugh. I, I, uh, I may check one of those. Out. No, well, the one that they have like that. Uh, I don't know what they call it, the like modeling, uh, like icing or whatever. I don't know what it's called, but uh, uh-huh. but yeah, the one that the lady had to make a like 
realistic sculpture of Donald Trump, and it was it was nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, that was good. Well, all right. Um, until next week, uh, we'll be back with you on uh, Monday uh, with the review of the sh- uh, games from last week. Um, but until then, you can hit us up on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Undegoogables. We are on Facebook.com slash Undegoogables. Or Undebeatables. All these Undegoogables. Mm. All the things I said before, put in the word Undebeatables. Um, we are, uh, we've got a, a website, TheUndebeatables.com. Uh, there's a contact form there. You can send us all a message. You can send us an email shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. Uh, wherever you're listening, if you can uh, rate, review the show, send it to a friend. Most of your uh, podcasting apps have a share button. If you can do that uh, to a Pacer fan in your life, it helps spread the good word. For our once and always coach, Bobby C. Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the light. The part is over. <laughs> <laughs> What was that giggle? That was my impression of praying mantis sex. No. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, that was... (laughs) So the first part was like happy and Yeah, the courtship, the head eating. Yeah. Satisfaction. What was the giggle? What was the giggle? You know, you can enjoy yourself. After they're gone? (laughs) Yeah. I guess so. That, that would, I think that's what we learned, right? That it, it goes better when their head's gone. We, I don't know that we learned that they were happy about this. I think, I guess, I, in my heart, I felt that they were like, well, this is what needs to be done, but I'm sad about the way this works. Oh, I see. So I, I, guess, I guess my version of Praying Mantis is slightly more uh, psychopathic and yours is more empathetic. Yeah, yours was like jovial at the end. And, and in my mind, there was uh, Praying Mantis tears. Mm. Or uh, maybe they were tears of joy, Joey. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So it sounds like um, out of all the uh, creatures that we've at least discussed so far, um, the prey mantis has the most trouble with the uh, hanger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. Indeed. Bring over, yeah, bring over a snack. Or I will just repeatedly eat other other people. <laughs> other Others of my species. Right. Bring me a sandwich, and then bring me you. <laughs> yeah, this is, you can't, you can't knock on the door with a bottle of wine. It's got to be like, you know, <laughs> no. chips and dip. It's a meal. Yeah, casserole. You should bring like bread's filling, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, start. loaf of bread. Yeah, just a loaf. <laughs> Here, babe, you know let's if make you, a bunch of toast. If you wanna, if you wanna look out for praying mantises, uh, male praying mantises out there in the world, just just drop some bread around where you see them. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep those ladies fed. Just hope they're not on the Atkins diet. <laughs> Man, when they when they're living for six to twelve months, I don't I don't think no they time are. For the Atkins diet. And, yeah, and it's honestly, the, yeah, she's on, she's gluten gluten free. <laughs> have you ever seen a fat praying mantis? Though I have not. <laughs> oh. oh, I have a gluten allergy. No, you don't. Just eat the bread. <laughs> Ugh.